0: Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed.
1: Awesome. So, um, as I was saying about the video, I want to show us this video, but please see it and hear it with humble heart. Maybe only a short ten years ago, I I remember took a car loan, and I realised. You, you, this is about, it's about car repayments, but it's about paying, it's about saving, it's about breaking a spirit that the world is advertising to us through wherever it's TV, commercials, you know, social media, every possible advertisement, it's like you have to have it now, buy it now, you have to need this now, and it really, there is a spirit out there that's trying to get us to be in debt, you know, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but this video gives us a, a good snapshot, but I have to say this, please watch it and with open heart and humility. If you just went out and got a car loan, please don't get, oh, I can't believe it. It's better to know this. It, it can be uncomfortable to watch when you, if you just got a car loan. So, but, but, but please understand the spirit of it. Now, the, the numbers are from America. So the numbers you might look at and go, oh, that's not exactly accurate. It doesn't matter. The spirit behind it is correct. Like when I say accurate, like this talks about mutual funds, 12%. You might get seven or eight now, but it's still an increase, like So don't worry about the numbers not being 100%. It's the best video I can get to, to really bring the message across because it helps a platform to what we're trying to say. So the, it's the same with some other figures. It might not be, if you put this money aside, it might not be four or five million, but it might be two or three million. It doesn't matter. It still puts you two or three million ahead of in 40 years' time or in 30 years' time. So you, you, hear, you hear with my heart what I'm trying to say. Don't turn off because, oh, those figures don't. No, it's true. It's just going to apply to us differently because we're in Australia. All right, this is from America, but it still helps us understand it's the same spirit. All right? The world and the thing that's out there, it's a spirit of debt, and it wants us, we want to we play now and pay later. And we should have the attitude that we pay now and play later. We will play and have fun and enjoy, but pay now, then play later. But the spirit of this world is trying to teach us to play now and pay for it later. And that's really what we're trying to break off us because it's not wisdom to borrow right now we'll talk about good debt and we'll talk about bad debt as well so there is such thing, such thing
0: as good debt but
1: let's watch the video and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive in from there
0: we americans have a love fest going on with our cars we love them where else on earth can you find a couple who is flat broke and living paycheck to paycheck but with two brand new cars in the driveway the problem is our mindset We've been bombarded with the notion that we'll always have a car payment. So when the car starts to show a little wear, we just run off and sign a $26,000 note for a new one. Hey, car payments are just a way of life, right? That's the normal way of thinking. Well, the truth is that car fever and normal thinking are sabotaging our chances for success. Recent statistics show that one-third of car buyers sign up for a six-year loan at an average interest rate of 9.6%. Among these buyers, the average price of the car is just over $26,000. This means that one-third of the cars you see on the street are dragging a $475 payment behind them. And what the car dealer won't tell you is that your awesome new car loses about 25% of its value the instant you drive it off the lot. After four years, your sweet ride has lost about 70% of its value, and you've still got two years of payments left on it. That means that after six years, You've paid almost $33,000 for your $26,000 car, which is now worth maybe $6,000. At that point, the normal person would get car fever again, run out and take out a new loan on another new car, and start all over again, and the payments just keep on coming. But what if we decided that enough was enough? What if we decided to hang on to our money instead of sending it all to the bank in the form of payments? What if we got really radical and devised a plan to make our money work for us, instead of letting it work for the bank? In our example, the average car payment was $475 a month, right? Well, let's think differently for a minute. Say you want a brand new sports car that would normally cost you $475 a month, and the car you're driving now is worth around $1,500. If you take that $475 and pay yourself instead of paying the car dealer, you'll have $4,750 in just 10 months. Add that to the $1,500 you can get for your current car, and you can pay cash for a used $6,250 car. That's a major upgrade in car in just 10 months, without ever owing the bank a dime. But let's keep going. If you kept saving at that rate, you'd have another $4,750 in another 10 months. Chances are, less than a year later, you could sell your $6,250 car for about what you paid for it. This means that you can step up again with cash into an excellent $11,000 used car just 20 months from today. Not bad. Now, let's just go crazy with this. At this point, you're 20 months into the plan. You've been paying yourself a car payment, you don't owe the car dealer a dime, and you're sitting in a great paid for $11,000 car. Remember where you were just 20 months before? You were ready to sign up for a $475 payment for six years at which time you'd have to start all over again. So just for fun, let's carry out our new plan for that full six years by paying that $475 car payment to yourself in a good mutual fund for the next 52 months. Let's just see what happens. Now, you're six years in the future. Under your original plan, you would just be finishing off your car payments for that sports car, which just doesn't look as good to you as it did when you needed it six years earlier. So, you start to shop around and pretty quickly end up signing another car loan and going right back into endless payments. Sound familiar? But what about our new plan? At the end of six years, your $11,000 paid for car has just about run its course. It's been great, but it's time to upgrade. But hey, that's no problem. You've got a mutual fund specifically earmarked as a car replacement fund. You know how much is sitting in that fund right now? At the stock market average of 12%, you'd have about $32,000. Here's where things get nutty. If you go buy a car with cash for $12,000, you'd still have $20,000 sitting in your car fund earning about 12%. Do you know what that means? Even if you never add another dollar to the car fund, you'll be able to buy fourteen dollars to $18,000 cars every five years from now on. The interest you'd earn on that mutual fund will pay for your cars for the rest of your life. That's free cars man. That's what happens when your money starts working for you. You'll never have a car payment again. And do you know what you can do if you don't have a car payment? Do you know what your car payments are costing you? You remember that $475 payment you were about to start handing over to the car dealer? If you were to invest that in a good mutual fund every month instead of sending it to the car dealer, you'd have over $100,000 in just 10 years. At 20 years, you'd have about $470,000 at 30 years it would be 1.6 million and at 40 years that former car payment would be worth five million five hundred eighty eight thousand three hundred and eighty-five dollars do you think you could retire on that you bet you can I love cars but I've never seen one worth five and a half million dollars this one decision about a car can literally change your life you can drive free cars and retire a millionaire with just this one decision So what's stopping you? Try something different. Drive free. Retire rich. And by the way, when you're a millionaire, you can drive pretty much whatever you want.
1: Interesting. I hope it makes us think, because that's really what we're we're here about. We want us to actually think. Um, That is from Dave Ramsey. So if you want to write that name down, Dave Ramsey. Um, you can YouTube him, and he's got amazing, amazing teaching. We've done the money course with him, and very, very good teaching to get the right foundation. If you think, Leo, I actually do need to fix some foundational things with my finances, he'd be a great guy to, to study and learn. Um, we're going to dive into um, things that we're going to learn, practical things that we can help us to move forward. And we've got to remind, remind ourselves, I mean, I've got four things that we've actually Uh, taught on I've got a whole message here but the last four weeks we've taught on this so we're not going to teach on that but the first one was to believe that God wants to prosper you and I'm sure that if you're here you probably have that attitude and heart yeah yeah well I know that God wants to prosper us and God prospers us by our soul prospering so when our soul prospers then we prosper that's what third John says Uh, number two was again we've taught it already in the last few weeks seek first the kingdom of God this attitude if we don't have this in place, what you learn today is not going to help if we don't have the right foundation in place. So having the attitude that we're here to seek first the kingdom of God, and not here to seek money. Money's not a God to us. Money serves us. We don't serve money. So seeking first the kingdom. Number three was tithe and offering, giving to God first. We've got the heart to bring to God what belongs to Him. We've spoken about that in the last few weeks. Four was generosity, understanding the law of sowing and, pre- sowing and reaping. Believing the spiritual law and actually living in that lifestyle of generosity. Number five is simple, but yet so profound. This is really profound. And you'll be surprised, people that don't operate in this little truth, big companies have gone bankrupt because of this. And I believe it's really, really vital that we get this revelation. It's not, basically, it's not living beyond your means. Learn to live within your means. And you'll be surprised, again, because of the spirit of this world, and the advertisement that we're always watching, the, the, the world wants to give you money. God, in the Old Testament, made it very, very clear that you're going to be His people and follow Him. You'd be the head, not the tail. You should be the one that, that's lending, not borrowing. So That's the spirit. of that's, the, that's what God wants. He wants us to be the ones that lend money, not the ones that borrow. Because the ones who borrow are slaves to the borrower. So again, it's the spirit that, but yet because we've listened to the spirit of this world, we, some people are in debt everywhere. Because again, it's play now and pay later, right? So, so if we just catch the heart to live within our means, this is how people get inherit millions of dollars and lose it overnight or win the lottery and they reckon 90% of the people that win lottery lose it in five years time. Because they don't know this truth. They don't know this foundational principle of living within your means, so basically, it means spend less that you than you earn. Spend less than you earn. I remember when I first started the church many, many years ago. Um, my heart, uh, you know, I, I, I had some wrong mindsets. Some of my wrong mindsets was, "Lord, I'm doing this for you. This is your will." This is preaching the gospel, leading a church, paying rent for a building, whatever, paying wages. This is God's work. So I would um, have a big heart and generosity so that my the expenses of the church were usually more than the income. But i got faith, remember? I'm a man of faith, and I am a man of faith, and we all should be men of faith. But I, I unconsciously would um, have the expenses be more than the income because I, I presume that God's going to take care of me. God has no, um, he doesn't have to back your presumption. He backs his will, what he leads, if it's his vision. But suppose I've got a good heart and maybe my motive is right and I think, oh God, you're going to back me, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So my heart would be so big that our, our vision was so large, it wasn't working with the budget, if that makes sense. Well, the income has to be more than what's going out, the expen- spend- expenditure. It's really important that we learn this lesson. Many, many years ago, God spoke to me and said, Leo, everything alive operates under this principle. Everything organic, a tree, a plant, let's look at just a a, a fruit plant or or a tree or any plant for that matter, it's planted in the soil. It needs to grab minerals from the soil. It needs to grab light from the sun and water. So if those elements are less than what the body mass needs, if it's a big tree, it needs more. So if it's getting less min- minerals, it's the, the expenditure to keep this thing alive is more than its income, it dies. It shrivels up and dies. Your body is organic, you know, therefore, same with us. If you don't eat food, after six weeks, the, the energy that your body needs to survive, that's just expenditure. Your body needs a certain expenditure of energy, which is food. If you don't put the income in, the input of food in, you die. And your budget is the same. If your budget is more, the expenditure is more than your um, income, you're going to have deficit. And a lot of people run companies without even knowing. I, I see it as a windscreen. Now you're driving a car and you've got to know where you stand. You've got to know the windscreen. You've got to know what's going in, what's going out. That's view. That's what you're seeing. Don't guess. Hope. Hope I've got enough. Hope it'll make it this year. Hope. No, that's just presumption. But you've got to have view. You've got to be able to see. And big companies that have got a lot, a lot of money, they stop looking at this principle. And that's how they go bankrupt. Because they end up spending more than they've got. Any bankruptcy, that, it doesn't matter how big they are. The expenditure just got so big, they go, oh, something will break through. We'll, we'll make a million-dollar deal. We'll make a billion-dollar deal. It'll come through. But they never viewed the expenses to income. You've got to make sure that you're running it healthy. It's your finances too. Your own income, your household income, whether it's your business or your own financial income. you got to make sure that you live within your means. And uh, I, I read this somewhere and I wrote down so I can read it to you. Listen to this. He says, I have a friend named Larry who was a retired Air Force pilot. One day he shared with me an interesting fact about flying. He said that for every single degree you fly off course, just one degree, you will miss your target Landing spot by 92 feet for every mile you fly. That amounts to about one mile off target for every 60 miles flown. If you decided to start at the equator and fly around the whole earth, one degree off, just one degree off target, would land you almost 500 miles off target. So the longer you travel off course, the further you'll be away from your intended target. If, you're, if, you're, if your budget is one degree off, but the longer you stay that way, it'll take you off. Way more. You think it's nothing, but eventually it'll take you more and more off target. Can I tell you some signs of living beyond our means? Just a few, just to make us think. Um, Not having any money saved up. So if we are living our life, we actually, actually haven't saved any money whatsoever. Again, maybe we're living beyond our means. And I know we use things like, well, I'm paying off a mortgage and that's my money saved up. Yes, it's true to some degree, but I think it's still wise to actually put money aside and and it's a, Dave Ramsey talks about a principle which we'll talk about in a moment is um, we should all have saved an emergency fund. So if you have got no money saved up, start with thousand dollars. Save a thousand. It, sh- it gets a win. You get a win underneath your belt. You say, oh, "I just saved a thousand dollars." And then we should aim for three to six months of our expenses saved and put aside. So whatever your three, three to six months of your expenses should be saved. Again, it gives you a buffer. It gives you something healthy to rely on. I mean, we've just been through COVID. If businesses thought about this, like Joseph was smart. He got a dream that there was going to be seven good years and seven bad years. He knew that, well, I don't know how bad the seven bad years are going to be, but let's store up in the seven good years so that when we store, 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 save, 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 put aside, we'll have enough when there's the seven bad years. So there's the wisdom of God there that God gave Joseph. So it's good to put aside No, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I'm going to trust God. Yes, trust God. doesn't mean you won't have faith, but put some money aside, right? All right, just just bear with me for a second because this is really important. What about, have you ever had holidays on credit and come back with a big bill because you're actually spending money you don't have? That's a sign that we're living beyond our means. Some people spend the whole holiday on credit and then they go, oh, I've got to work really, really hard now to pay off the holiday, so that's a perfect example that you're playing first then paying later. It's a spirit. It's a mindset. It's actually, it's, it's saying, God, help me to shift this thinking. As long as we're entangled to debt, like that car payment debt, you might go, as long as you've got this debt dragging behind your car and it's whether it's 500 or 600 or 700 a month, it's hard for you to think we should put money aside. What are you talking about? I can hardly pay all the debts I've got. So it's, it's hard to break that cycle because we're a slave to the lender. God's trying to say, have a goal to get out of debt. It's the first step. Not everyone, I know not everyone's in debt, but be, you'll be surprised. There'll be a big majority that are in debt. And I'm not just talking about good debt. I'm talking about the debt that actually depreciates. All right. All right. Um, what about when you consider your monthly payments for a car, you don't consider the amount you're paying... After the value of the car, you consider oh, I, c- I can afford that. I can afford that monthly, not thinking that you're paying. Let's say you're paying seven, eight, ten thousand dollars more than the car's worth. And then when the car, when you finish repaying the car, the car's worth four, five thousand dollars. So we're thinking my lifestyle can accommodate the repayments, but does it really accommodate the depreciating value of the car? Again, it's just trying to think differently, trying to make us think. Uh, we do that to car, to our homes. So we'll live on a, a, a home that I'll pay it off in 30 years. But then you've actually paid 250 dollars or maybe $300,000 more than the value of the house. Rather than thinking, can I afford to pay this off in 15 years so I don't give the banks all the money? You know, the, the banks in, 19, in 2015, the four big banks made a profit of $30 billion. Billion. Where do you think that money came from? the people, us. So someone's getting really, really, really rich and wealthy and made a lot of money every single year because we choose to do this. Now again, I want us to think, even if it takes me three or four years to get out of debt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have a heart and a goal to get out of debt. I'm not saying you can get over overnight, but if you've got credit card debt, student loan debt, this debt, lay buys, and whatever else debt that you might have, car repayment debt, and you've got a lot of We want to to have a goal to get out. It might take two or three years. Take little steps towards breaking it though. All right. We've seen young people in our church take this on and succeed and put the right foundation in place. Amazing testimonies. You know, in in 1995, people's debt was around 104% of the income. But 20 years later, it's 212% of the income. So we're not getting out of it. We're not learning and going, ah, we should not be in debt. We're actually getting more and more into debt. They say if uh, an average person's income was $80,000, they are spending $169,000 of their $80,000 in that year. So think about that for a second. It's, it's, it's a spirit that's in this world that we've got to be careful it doesn't grip us as God's people. Because He says we're the ones that should be lending, not borrowing. Right? And sometimes it's hard to hear, but it's, it's, we've got to break this. Okay, and so my encouragement to us, I do believe there's good debt. Good debt is this. This type of debt is taken on as a way to build wealth in the long term. For example, a home loan allows you to work towards owning your own home. And the investment property mortgage allows you to earn income from the property. So there's healthy debt that it's increasing value. And you're getting income from that house that you might have bought. But you've got to make sure that you can afford those homes. Right? So that's good debt. But... Bad debt is this type of debt diminishes your wealth over time. So when you're about to buy something or something, does this is my asset going demil- to diminish? This means it is not attached to an asset and usually indicates you have paid for items or services you would not be able to afford based on your income. All right. So if you did have, let's say, four or five different debts, like little debts. We're not talking about your home loan, right? Not talking about a home loan that's a good debt. Let's talk about little debts. So what I encourage you to do, is make a list of all your debts. And from the smallest amount to the most expensive debt that you've got. Obviously pay all the minimum repayments every month to every one of them. But hit the smallest one the most. Because you've got to get a win under your belt. And no one overcomes their debt and that spirit of debt and over all the debts without changing their lifestyle radically. So you have to have a mindset to say, you know what, I want to get out of debt. I want to break up all these little debts because it's, it's weighing on me. You've got to make that attitude to say, you know what, I'm not going to um, buy food every day, take out all the time. Or I'm going to do less takeout, out. Or I'm going to make my lunch and take it to work. Or instead of holidaying there, I'm going to holiday here. Instead of a hotel, I'm going to go to a cabin until you can afford a hotel. It's these little things you've got to radically make a, a, a change in your mindset to save and hit that little debt. When you've hit that first debt, it won't take you too long. You should have a two-year plan to get out of these little debts. Pay that first one, then take the money you were putting into that to the second one. Roll it into the second one. And when you've paid the second one, take the one and two and roll it into the third one. I mean, I know Tony and Heidi did this course years ago with um, David Ramsey. They cut up their credit card because it was not healthy. One of, one, of the, one, of, one of the other symptoms of um, living beyond your means is paying interest on your credit card every month. So, if we're paying interest on our credit card, that means we're actually spending more than we can afford, all right? If you don't want to say amen, you can say, oh, me. <laughs> 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 we're all learning. I'm learning. We're still learning. You know, there's so many stuff that I, just a few years ago, we, we still had to break out of it. So, we're learning all the time. Um, so Dave Ramsey talks about helpful hints is start with a $1,000 um, emergency fund. Something powerful about having some money put aside for an emergency. I know $1,000 is nothing now. That's just to start, to get a win. Then you should aim for three to six months. Imagine if you had three to six months of your expenses put aside. If you face COVID and you lost your job, you, you're, you're breezing. You're okay. You know you've got six months there. So it's just—it's a wise way to lead. We're in control of our money. Money's not controlling us. We're in control of money. And I'll tell you, when you save money, you'll have the money when opportunities come. Opportunities will come, but you'll have the money because you've been wise. Um, I want to talk a little bit about saving. You're not going to be able to save unless you get a debt. So that was a really short encouragement to get out of debt. But again, my encouragement is, Get some good teaching and learn and get out of it. Realize it's destructive, it's destroying you, it's not helping you. You need to get out of debt so that you can move forward, all right? Number six, I believe that we should save money. And um, we put God first, that's, that's established, that God comes first, His first fruits. We bring the tithe to the storehouse. His kingdom's first, not us. We don't save if we're not giving to God. To me, I think you bring God, what belongs to Him, then you save. But I think the second important part is you saving for yourself. So you actually pay you first. And there's a big mindset that a lot of people change after change, again, because we think we pay ourselves last. Don't we? we? We pay everything, pay all the bills, pay all the expenses, pay the mortgage, pay this, and then okay, if there's anything left over, now I'll pay myself. But if we had a principle, I remember at 35 years old, not many. Not, no, it was a long time ago. But at 35 years old, I thought to myself. I remember brainstorming, thinking, and talking, and with the Lord, and reflecting. I thought, Lord, if I because so I was learning these principles about giving and saving, and and, and, and living within your means. And I felt the Lord said, "At 16, I, I started work at 16. If I if I had this mindset, wisdom, revelation, which I've taught my children, five of our kids that are growing up, I've taught them since they were young." If I only put $100 a week, it's not a lot of money, $100 a week, I probably could have survived and lived. I might have lived with less. But, but if I knew the priority was $100 a week to, to, to pay myself, and I calculated a, a return of about 7%, 8 9%, I forget what it was, every year, and I would have had about thirty no, $350,000 by the age of 35. I could have bought a house. In those days, I could have bought a, a brand new home in Concord. And in, you know, Concord right now, most homes are worth $1.5, $2 million. But in those days, it was $250,000. But again, if you just prioritize, you put yourself in a position where you can just, I can buy a house. Because you've actually paid yourself. I'm telling you, young people this day, right now, it's, it's impossible to save. You can't save. You know why? Because you've got to go out. And you go out, you spend $100 just on drinks. You spend $100 on food. You spend $50 to go into a club. I mean, it takes a lot of money to go out. These days. True? So you're just going to spend it. And most young people spend all their earnings and hardly put money aside. It's it's, it's too hard to save. No, it's a priority and it's a mindset. So if you can only, you know, the the goose and the egg. If you take care of the goose, you'll always have enough golden eggs. And guess what? You're the goose. (laughs) Take care of the goose. The goose is the producer. The goose is producing golden eggs. Take care of the goose. Don't, don't forget to take care of the goose. All right. You know what I mean. you spiritually, you're a producer. You're not a real goose. I'm not over. All right. Um, but this is a powerful principle. You'll be surprised how much this will get you over. And I know we can look at it and justify and go, yeah, I'm paying the mortgage, therefore that's my savings. It is going towards your future. It's really good. I would store the principle of even if you start with 10. Twenty or fifty dollars a week. I'd encourage you put money aside to pay yourself. It's the principle of putting it in place. As God gives you more, put more across savings. All right. I believe in this. Like we said earlier, just eight hundred dollars a month for twenty-eight years. Because they said forty years, that's a long time. Twenty-eight years will give you over a million dollars for your retirement. Most people don't think about their retirement. I know know we're forced by the government to pay super. Why? Because we don't think about our future. And too many people are getting old and retiring with nothing. And they're going to be dependent on the government. So the government says, man, we've got to fix this problem because it's getting larger. The population is getting older. And it's going to be a massive weight on the economy. We have to make them pay super. And they made a law. But it's wisdom, isn't it? So even if super wasn't there, I mean, regardless of your super, I'd encourage you to put money away. All right. Number 7 quickly is budgeting and planning and this is where you tell your money what to do. You you give purpose to your money. All right so obviously you do you put God first first then you put savings and then whatever the you know put all your list all your expenses for the whole year rent or mortgage groceries um eating out budget utilities car maintenance petrol wedding like we some of our young people they are powerful testimonies all, our two oldest kids have done this our third one's going to get married Soon into the future, and they're ready. They've got they had like 15 or 20 accounts. They had wedding fund, they're saving for their wedding three or four years ago before they got married. They had a ring fund to save to get a ring, they'd had holiday honeymoon fund. I mean, they just had it all there. We we're speaking to Curtis and Sarah just recently, and, and, and she said, oh, I learned this at church three or four years ago, and I put I forget what it was five or ten dollars a week away. Now, we got money for our honeymoon. Like, because she put it away, gave purpose to her money, and all of a sudden, she's our young people—I'm telling you, these guys—that again, this next generation that are learning it correctly—they're set up for a win. They're set up in a powerful way, I'm telling you, because they're doing it right, and they're not going into debt. They've—some of them have saved a hundred thousand dollars to buy a home at the age, by the age of twenty-five, and people go, "You can't do it," but they've done it. Many have done that, and. A Buying homes or apartments or so on. All right. And you can do that with travel. Put money aside. Put five, ten bucks a week for travel or a a holiday. You prioritize it and you put it aside. Whereas you end up spending it, don't even know what you spend it on. Because it's the play now, pay later mentality. So I really, really believe these things are helpful. Um, There's a lot of principles that I really can't go into. But the life of faith and obedience to God's voice is vital if you want to grow and succeed, but to hear His voice and obey and have faith to trust Him. Um, number nine is to know your gift and your passion. I believe God wants to empower you to make money out of the gift and passion He's put, put in, your, in your heart. So whatever gift and passion is given you, be good at it. Train, be the best at it. Train, practice, go over and over, just go over and over until you're the actual, you, 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 you're playing at your best in that gift, in that passion. I believe we can strive for that. Your best. Not other people, but your. You're, you're, you're working on it. And I believe when you, get, when you get good at what you're passionate about and what you're gifted about, people will pay you for what you love to do. People will pay you for what you actually love to do. It's your passion. I wrote down for me, number 10 was taking care of the poor and the needy. I believe that's a powerful principle. There's heaps of scriptures in the Bible that talk about when you lend to the poor, you give to the Lord and He will repay you. It's heaps of promises about giving to the poor. It's just that heart of generosity. that When you, you, you he you that pities the poor, lendeth unto the Lord. That's the one I quoted. And that which he hath given will he pay him again. And who stoppeth his ear to the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself and shall not be heard. It's just heaps of promises that God will take care of us. So I think that's a powerful thing. Um, listen to this one in Proverbs. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. But he that hide of his eyes shall have many a curse. That's Proverbs 28, 27. So 11 is trust God and develop multiple streams of income. Now How do you do that? Ask God. Because remember, it's your gift, your passion. And say, God, how do I develop multiple streams of income? As you grow and as you increase in age, you will be able to. And I still feel it's around your gift and passion. But, but trust God for multiple streams of income. Last one is invest. And obviously, when you invest, you don't invest everything. You invest money that you are willing to lose. Because you're not throwing everything in one place. But again, because you've got the right foundation in place, you're taking a certain amount and you're investing to accumulate money. God wants us. There's a lot of, we haven't gone through a lot of scriptures, but there's a lot of scriptures. The parable of the talent, the word talent is money. Gave someone five talents as an amount of money. The other one, two, and the other one, one. One risked what he had and used it and doubled it. And the Lord says, well done, my good and faithful servant. The one who was scared and go, no, I can't use this. I know you were a steward man. I know that you were harsh. And I know that you reap what you don't sow. So I was so afraid to lose what I've got, I put it into the ground. And the Lord says, you should have put it into the bank and give me an interest back. It's God. So he actually is behind investment. He thinks about growth and increase. Most of the parables are like that. So just, I want to encourage you to think, again, creatively, but don't just, no, I'm not giving you financial advice. Do your own research, but I'm saying have the heart to once you've got the right things in place to invest, but never invest everything you've got. Don't take those sort of, sort of risks that I'm going to take, even that I've ever earned, I'm going to throw it into there because Leo said to invest. No, this is not financial advice. Just go to a financial advisor and get their wisdom and ask them, how can I put this portion of my income which is okay, if I lost it, it's not going to sink me. How do I use that to make more money? Again, when you get rid of all these debts and you get rid of all these needs, you'll actually think like that, rather than it's impossible. Okay, God cares about us. And I'm telling you, if you're a young person and listening to this, if you take this into practice and put it into play, you have years ahead of you for God to accumulate wealth and you use the wealth, again, to build the kingdom of God. We've seen it work with the young people. I've seen it work with our life, with Christine and I, when we first got married. We lived in my one room adjoining to my mom's house. We shared the bathroom, shared the you know, kitchen. And uh, we, 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 uh, so we had the adventure of trusting God together. So many people these days, we're not getting married until we've got everything right, until we've got everything's paid, and got money, and got a house, got this. Do the adventure with your family. Do the adventure with your wife. It's exciting. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Trust this has been helpful. But Father, we we thank you for your word. You care about every area of our life, Lord, even the finances. You don't want us to be in debt. You don't want us to be a slave to the lender and bound, and literally we cannot do anything because we actually have all these bills to pay, all these debts to, uh, that we're indebted to. So, Father, we pray you set your people free in the area of debt. Show us how to get out, Lord. It might take a year, two, three, or four for some of us, but, Father, help us see how to get out of it and, and really have a heart and a faith that we need to get out of it. And, Lord, let us become the one that lends and not borrows. We ask you to help us, Lord Jesus. Continue to give us wisdom. Pour out your blessings on us where the windows of heaven have been poured out to the place where we have no room to contain it. We thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. Bless every person in Jesus' name. And Everybody says? Amen. 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 Wonderful. Let's just stand to our feet. If you need prayer, you need some, maybe you say, yeah, I need someone to agree with me. I'm believing God for financial breakthrough. I want to break the spirit of debt. Whatever it is. In the area of finances, we're going to have a team praying at the back there. So people are ready to lay hands on you. If you just want someone to pray alongside you, feel free to do that. If you need to accept Jesus Christ, and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, never knew that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, anyone online that's listening right now, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord, He's the one that God sent from heaven, became a man. God became a man to take our place on the cross. He took the punishment, the judgment of our sin. He consumed our sin so that we could be forgiven if we put our faith in Him. So you can accept Jesus right now. It's simple prayer of repentance. Can you pray with me right now? Father, I thank You for sending Jesus. I believe with all my heart that He died on the cross for my sin. I turn away from my sin. I give You my heart. I open up the, my heart and ask You, Lord Jesus, to come in and be my Lord and be my Savior forgive me and wash me clean in Jesus name and I will follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name if you prayed that prayer find a good bible believing church and attend tell someone about it amen
0: you've been listening to the ggc life podcast we hope this message has encouraged you For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.